Hi, and welcome back for another Toasted Tale with me, Jim. I'm really happy you decided to join me today around the fireside. If, like me, you enjoy hearing stories, then you've come to the right place. I think there are interesting stories in every subject, just waiting to be found and shared. In this podcast, we're going to take a random subject and use it as a seed to do some short research for one hour. And in that time, I'll do my best to find a story that hopefully you and I can find enjoyable. So let's bring in the subject randomizer and find out what today's topic will be. Okay, so today it's landed on George Alexander Gibson. Now, just for clarity, as I always like to say, I'm no expert on George Alexander Gibson. I've never met the man, and before today, I was never in a position to do any research on his life. I'm just a guy who likes finding interesting stories and learning a thing or two along the way. So as not to keep you all waiting around, I've already completed the one-hour research on George, and I'm really excited to share with you what I've found. So, George Alexander Gibson was born in January 1854, and was a Scottish physician, medical author, and amateur geologist. And while I was doing the research for George, I was first struck by how crazy smart this man was. He first started by studying law at both Glasgow and Edinburgh universities, before choosing to change his subject to medicine. And it was in this subject that he graduated in 1874. Afterwards, he undertook postgraduate studies in London, Dublin, and Berlin before gaining his MD from Edinburgh University in 1881. And it's the story about what George Gibson did with medicine, which I want to take a a look at now. People have been providing medical care and trying to help people who have been hurt or are in need since time began. Medical innovations have been taking place for almost as long as well. The first known recorded real pioneer for medicine was a man named Hippocrates, who was alive in the 1400s BCE, and was the first to lay out some of the basic understandings of how the body works, and how doctors and specialists can go about curing people of their illnesses and diseases. So integral was Hippocrates to medicine and its study that his Hippocratic Oath is still the text that new physicians are supposed to swear by when becoming doctors, promising to do no harm and to uphold specific ethical standards. So medical innovation is a long and rich tapestry of men and women who have developed new and exciting ways to cure people. Now what drew me to George Gibson was that he is one of those people who have contributed to that journey. He wasn't a world changer, he didn't invent something amazing and new that changed the lives of millions. He was he was a brick in the wall of the house that we all now rely upon for modern medical care. And for precisely the reason that he wasn't some kind of VIP in medical history is the reason why I really want to look at what he discovered today, appreciating the normal men and women who made the difference. 
During George Alexander Gibson's career, he specialised in cardiac and heart disease. It was during this time where he discovered a new heart condition, which was called the Gibson Murmur, named after himself. The British Heart Foundation defines a heart murmur as, quote, an unexpected or unusual sound, which can be heard in your heart through a stethoscope, end quote. They are mostly harmless, but sometimes they can relate to a problem with your heart. Murmurs can be heard when the heart contracts, which is a systolic murmur, or when the heart relaxes, a diastolic murmur. I'm now going to try and describe what the Gibson murmur is made up of, and this is coming from someone who has no background in cardiac study, but let's give it a go. So it's described like this, as a long, rumbling, continuous murmur, occupying both the systole, which is the contraction, and the diastole, the relaxation. Now most commonly, this is localised in the second to left interspace near the sternum, which if we were to imagine on ourselves would be higher up and to the left, so in kind of the top left hand part of our heart. Also, the Gibson murmur is usually indicative of a patient's ductus arteriosus, which holds a important function, allowing blood to detour away from the lungs before birth. So even though he wasn't discovering a cure for heart murmurs or anything like that, he discovered a brand new type of murmur. And this identification then would allow other doctors to do further research better equip them at identifying murmurs like this, and increase the chances of helping and curing those suffering from cardiac ailments. I think it's important to remember discoveries like this, I think partially because it was over a hundred years ago that this was all happening, people nowadays just won't have heard of the Gibson murmur and its discovery, but it's still important, it's the little things, the little inches move forward, in development of cures and ways of helping people, which all together compound into the best results that end up in the greatest wins. It's weird. When I was researching heart murmurs and the medical discovery that George Gibson made, I almost remembered why I never did too well in biology and didn't follow a similar career. You know when someone tells you, hey, you're now aware that you're breathing, or hey, you now are aware about you swallowing, and then you kind of, your body kind of freezes up, it's kind of, oh no, you kind of feel <sighs> your own breath. And while I was kind of doing research, I was kind of very much aware of the heart beating inside my own chest, and I was like, oh god. I don't know if anyone else gets that, where if you're talking about stuff that's happening inside your own body, your body almost makes itself very aware of what's going on, and it's like, my goodness. I have to take a moment and be like, oh wow, okay, that feels weird. <laughs> yeah, I can't be the only one who feels like that. But I thought it was strange that our brains will hyper-intensify on these kind of things when we think about them in depth. Now back to the life of George Gibson. Near the end of his life, he was still doing talking events and teaching. In 1912, 
He spoke at the AGM of the British Medical Association on non-valvular cardiac disease. And it's interesting how the world works, and when you can look back on things in hindsight, it can be a bit strange. And I say that because in the August of that same year, George himself became a victim of cardiac disease. And after a few months of trying to recover and failing to, he died in January the 18th, 1913. I'd like to read you some quotes from the obituary that was written about George after his death to show you how he was remembered as a man and the legacy he left for his friends and family. Quote, With profound sorrow, we record the death of Dr. George Alexander Gibson. The announcement will bring to the Edinburgh men all over the world, and to many besides, a sense of close personal loss. It is given to few men, as it was to Gibson, to attract and to keep attached so wide a circle of friends and admirers. He was a great, large-hearted human. Everything pertaining to humanity was of interest to him. He believed in men, he loved men, and he was loved and trusted in return." End quote. And near the end of the obituary, the friend who wrote this writes again, quote, His loss to the profession he so greatly adorned is irreparable. While to the friends who loved him, his passing means that the days which remain will be less full of sunshine, and the shadows will be longer. Farewell, good friend. You have made the world brighter and happier for many of us. End quote. I don't know about you, but if you could write your own obituary, then it may sound a little bit like that. That was really positive. It sounds as if he was loved and appreciated by all who knew him, and his loss will be felt by all. I wonder what the measure of a life is, though. Is it how you make people feel? Is it how you leave them when you go? Or is it the work you completed, or deeds done, that allow people in the future to then build upon and do even more? It would be quite difficult to take all the work that George Alexander Gibson did and quantify the impact it had on human history. But it did enough to move the needle. It moved research and medical development for the human heart forward a little bit. And I think it's those little things in history that should be remembered and celebrated. Thank you for spending time with me again today around the fireside for another Toasted Tale. I really enjoyed learning about George Alexander Gibson, his life, and the work that he did researching heart disease and identifying Gibson's murmur. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can listen again every Tuesday and Thursday at 6pm. A story by the fireside is of course better with more people around it. So if you know anyone who may like to enjoy a nice toasted tale by the fireside, let them know and tell them where they can find us. I hope you all have a lovely rest of day, and I will speak to you all again soon for another toasted tale by the fireside.